All right, chime time. Here we go. Three, two, one. It's time now for the BitQL Boston Podcast. Let's run the slate with your host, Mike Mutnanski. Yeah, sometimes host. The real host is Chris Shine. We hosted <laughs> uh, with Nick Fryer this week after I took a good almost two weeks off for vacation. Shine, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Mutt. I'm glad to have you back. It's good to be back together again. This is the first time we've been together in like almost two weeks. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, my buddy Scott at New Balance was uh, worried that the podcast was going somewhere. Mike nope. D. Degenerate. Uh, texting about the podcast, uh, my wife walking around the house saying, "What are you going to say, Shine? Three, two, one." <laughs> um, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. What's going on, pal? Everything good in your world? Yeah, everything's good. Uh, while you were on vacation, I also happened to get ill, but I have since recovered, and I'm ready to go, ready to rock. Uh, that's a very good thing. Um, I heard you lamenting uh, Mac Jones hype yesterday on the Greg Hill show. So you're still fighting that battle every day. Yeah, of day. course. Every every <laughs> single waking second, mutt. People are just blinded by these Mac Jones goggles, and I don't get it. Well, we got two uh, two new members of the Mac Jones uh, fandom uh, that are like buying all in, and that is Carter and Bennett Manansky, who went to oh, no. training camp yesterday and had the best time. They got they said Mac looked great. Um, they uh, got Hunter Henry autograph football and glove. Oh, that's that he wore during awesome. practice. Um, and Be- Benny's well, Benny was just all about Hunter Henry and how nice he was. Carter, Carter has a take for us, and that is that Nelson Aguilar is going to have a breakout year. He thought Nelson Aguilar looked great at camp yesterday. Now oh, I, it was it was uh, uh, helmets, uh, concussion helmets. And Didn't no he pads. come up lame like two days ago? <laughs> I don't he said he broke some ankles. Oh, God. As did Kendrick Bourne. So get ready, buddy. The hi- the Mac Jones hype train got two new members, and I get I get the sense New England in general is ready to buy in on the new year two Mac. More mature. Everyone is. It's, uh, it's remarkable. More cut, built, more built Mac Jones. The, the Mac train is, the hype train is out of control. Right we now. talked about it a little bit today on the producer show uh, this morning uh, from 8 to 9. If you weren't listening on WEI, I highly recommend you tune in every Saturday. Me too. Me um, too. Well, Tyler had posed the question, was Xander Bogarts the most likable athlete in Boston? And I Tyler. immediately retorted with Mac Jones. It's Mac Jones because everybody outside of myself and Jermaine Wiggins, anytime they hear any positive news about Mac Jones, they gobble it up like it's a leftover piece of turkey the day after Thanksgiving. Like it's, they are just swallowing it whole, and and it's, <laughs> they are they cannot get enough. They are stuffing their face like Augustus Gloop. Like it's, it is remarkable. You're um, choking so. on Mac Jones right now. You're choking on Mac they, Jones it, hype. People literally are. That's exactly what is happening. Uh, and so I, I was like, it is far and away. Mac Jones is the most likable athlete in Boston, and I, I don't, I don't particularly think he's all that good. But everybody on the planet, at least in this city, likes him. Yeah, I think he's good, and we have a month here to discuss this. I'm just, I think the, the things around him, and I, I thought you know, we'll get to some, some baseball betting in a second, and the state of sports betting here in Massachusetts, but. I, I thought the dumbest thing I heard this week, Shime, and I'm not sure if you were in or out or sick or not when this take came out, and that is this idea, and the Patriots are part of this because they're saying it, that because Matt Patricia once coached the defense, he's going to be good at coaching the offense because he has direct knowledge of defense. I have, a, I, I have a great question for you, Mutt. Vomit um, City. Go ahead. So, yeah. so Matt Patricia was a great, just this great defensive coach. Do you know how many times in his, was it like seven-year Patriots career or whatever it was, he had a top 10 defense in the NFL? Once? 
Uh, once. That's correct. Uh, do, you, do you know how many times he had a top 10 pass defense in the NFL? Uh, zero. Correct. Thank you, Mutt. Wow. Um, how about that? Two for two on Saturday morning. <laughs> uh, so, uh, actually, I think, I, actually, I lied. I think, I think the top 10 was like once, and it was ninth. So he got barely in there. Um, but even still, like, it's the only reason they were in the top 10 that year uh, in overall defense is because their run defense was like number two in the league. And it was 2019 when they started 8 0, and the defense was lighting the world on fire, and yet they still got bounced in the wild card round. Or, no, actually, it was no, it wasn't that year. He wasn't the coach. I forget which year it was. Regardless of that fact, Doesn't Matt matter. Patricia not that great of a defensive coach. Fun fact, which means also a guy that's never called offensive plays is now your play caller on offense. He wasn't a great defensive coach. He was an atrocious head coach. What in the world makes anyone think he's going to be a good offensive coach? Because all I hear, the only excuse is, well, he has Bill Belichick behind him. I know. Well, that's uh, unfortunately that's the thing Andy Hart went to yesterday. Oh, you mentioned God. Uh, such a uh, cop out. You mentioned the uh, Andy Hart likability you know, conversation. We were on two to six yesterday with Mega over at Fenway Park, and Andy did this whole thing where we we have to give we have to give it time, and we have to trust Patricia because Bill Belichick's a Hall of Fame coach. And I just push back against that inherently. Like it doesn't that doesn't, it doesn't make any work sense that way. Plenty of plenty of really smart people. Hired really dumb people. Like yes. I'm sure there are, there are very smart people at Odyssey. They hired us, Shime. Yes. Like, uh, obviously, no kidding. It, it shows that you don't automatically get credit because people above you are smart. And so I, some I, of the I, people before us that were hired in this building. Like it's it's it it, it is asinine. I don't I don't like to curse on this program, but that answer from Andy is bullshit. Like it's not. Uh, Belichick hired Cam Accord. Cam Accord sucked last year. Like it's not. Belichick has made plenty of mistakes in, in his coaching career, whether it's drafting players in the first round who stink or, it, or it's hiring coach, certain coaches. Like, it's it just just because Belichick won all these Super Bowls and he's the greatest coach of all time and that's non-negotiable, I understand that, does not mean he's infallible. Yeah, and unfortunately there are people like Andy and a lot of Patriots fans who still, still, still have their in bill we trust membership card and they're just they're they're, they're showing it to you at every second. Oh, and so just I clouding their judgment. Yeah, I, I I'm still down on the coaching staff. Uh I'll say I'm a little little bit higher on the players Max gonna throw to and, and the way they're gonna present it to those guys. But again, it's very early in camp. Are you though? Because so a little bit, so little here, bit. I understand it, it's very early in camp. So but I, I ha- personally, but, I, but my bar was very low on those guys. I just don't sure. I don't I don't think their whole I don't think their whole offensive unit is going to suck out loud. So here's here's my here's my biggest issue, and is, I thought that might be the case. I know f- I know almost for a fact this defensive unit is not very good. I that's I, if I would this, agree with that. This I offensive agree. unit has not been dominating the defensive unit, and I understand it's training camp. So personally, I don't generally like to glean things from three days of non padded <laughs> training camp. But if we're going yeah. to. Yeah. If this offense cannot dominate a bad secondary, how on earth are they going to have good success in the regular season? Well, you know what? We've got <laughs> a whole season to figure it out. Yes, I knew did. I just I just knew we'd sit here. We haven't talked in two weeks. I knew we'd be ripping oh, the Patriots to start. 100%. I knew it. And Absolutely. if you have um uh if you have kids, the way my kids reacted to it, uh I would say get your kids down to training camp. It's oh yeah, it's a wonderful it's time. I've never been. Uh, my wife uh, took the boys yesterday, and they were there literally all day from 10 o'clock until they get home until 6. They made a wow. whole day out of it. So That's awesome. Uh, I would say check it out. And if you have not checked it out yet, you probably know by now Andy Hart writes for WEEI.com. I am a big fan of the analytical take that our buddy Kyrie Thompson has been Ooh, taking. It's, okay. a, it's a different view of the Patriots. Andy's like the... 
eye test guy. He's like the the hand in the dirt football guy, and not that Kyrie isn't, but it's Dan Campbell. We now have like two different approaches at wei.com, and I'm gonna say it, I like them both. I like both I do guys. too. It's it's very much like having a Dan Campbell approach and a Brandon Staley approach. It's very. Can we say, can we say Kyle Shanahan instead of because Brandon Staley might get fired this year? Okay, fine. The, the Chargers uh, suck. No, no, we'll go with the John Harbaugh. He's oh, okay. he's very analytical. Go. So we'll go with the Dan Campbell John Harbaugh approach. I like that. We have one of each. I like that. I think that's a good ba- life balance. You need balance and everything. But uh, and it's, I got to go on the record with this. While I was away, I did place one NFL bet, one NFL future bet only. I should have probably uh, dressed the first. I bet Sky Moore is offensive rookie of the year at eleven. Really, eleven to one. Okay, I don't hate it because like I'm not convinced Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be anything to write home about. <laughs> yeah, so you, th- you think so? Patrick Mahomes needs to throw to somebody other than his you know thirty plus year old tight end. Um, so I don't hate the Sky Moore play. Uh, we saw you know rookie receivers the last couple years now between Justin Jefferson and then Jamar Chase and even Devontae Smith in some regards have a lot of success uh, in the NFL in their in year one. So I don't. I don't hate the Sky Moore play. The theory was um, there's no quarterback that stands out this year, and the quarterbacks win this award. Now, I, doing research on this, 15 of the last 20 winners are first-round picks. We would buck that trend. He was picked in the 50s somewhere. Um, Kenny Pickett's not a lock to start. Even if he did, I, I, he's the, at 5-1, to one, I'm not betting Kenny Pickett. For yeah, he wasn't even getting reps with the second team. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm a Trubisky guy, yep. so I mean it's I, Trubisky it's, all the way. Once he wins the job, I, I will be I'll bet, be investing in Trubisky at, at comeback player of the year, twelve to one. That's another bet I'm going to make. Uh, but the, all those targets, they lose a Tyree Kill. You mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster. The other guy is MVS, who's just a he's a deep ball guy. Oh, so yeah. I, I, I think Miko Hardman has been underwhelming, and it's Sky Moore so far in camp has been the talk of Kansas City. If they're going to have a great offense in Kansas City. And I think Mahomes is out to prove that it wasn't just Tyreek Hill made the offense go. I think he's going to have a very good bounce back year. And Sky Moore gets projecting out, let's say, you know, fifty-five to sixty catches, seven or eight touchdowns, plus two hundred yards rushing, and has a touchdown on the ground or two. That's enough to win a, an offensive rookie of the year. If no one else, if Garrett Wilson doesn't go nuts, if Bryce Hall doesn't go nuts in New York, yeah, uh, Chris Trey Olave Burks, would be the other one too. Drake London, uh, like, there's a bunch of receivers, but they're not paired. I, it's like Tannehill would trade. Like I it just. The, the other guy that I'm interested in, well, again, this is early in the, the awards conversation, the kid James Cook up in Buffalo. You stole my thunder, Mutt. That was he, my guy. Four, 14 to 1 uh, it's oppor- is James Cook. It's oppor- I just want guys to get opportunities Bingo. in a good offense, and he's going to get opportunities in a good offense, I right? I couldn't agree more. 100% wow. agree with you. And we're back. All right. So yeah, we are back. Uh, we're cooking. I'm in on Sky Moore. Uh, we'll have a lot more awards talk heading into uh, the month of August. As far as the baseball Red Sox losers last night, uh, Brewers are in town. Brewers do strike out the fifth most times in baseball, Sean. Wow. Uh, fifth most strikeouts per game as an offense. They last three games, they're striking out over 10 times per game. Uh, Nick Pavetta looked like Nick Pavetta last time out. Uh, DK has posted an over-under of strikeouts at 5.5 for Nick Pavetta. Even money over. I want the over on a bounce-back Nick Pavetta outing here today. Uh, uh, Eric Lauer, who's starting for the Brewers today, has given up 20 home runs, 18 of which are to right-handed batters. So if you want to yes. use props today, you want to go right-handed batters. But I would not. No, no, no. Do not. It's not J.D. Martinez. No. Uh, my, we, actually, my play uh, is a right-handed batter. It's not J.D. Martinez. I'm going Xander Bogarts over one and a half total bases at plus 110. Uh, Bogarts is mashing it. left-handed hitting. Love it. Eric Lauer is he's dominating lefties, not so much against the righties. Um, and, and so I am, I'm going to go with Xander Bogarts over one and a half total bases. I also think Xander is kind of uh, playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder at I the agree. moment. So I think this is the perfect opportunity to try and capitalize on that. 
Uh, I'm also going to have one other bet for this game, and that is we haven't done a lot of this this year, at least talked about on the show, but the uh, NRFI, no runs first inning, uh, is minus 105, under half a run in the first inning. What, and my, th- my process is this. Okay, the, the Red Sox top of the order stinks right now without yep. Devers, who Jared Duran, who was ever up there. Um, and then on the Brewers' side, it's you're, you, the, a lot of these guys, and the Red Sox too, they're seeing the opposing pitcher because interleague play, you don't see the Brewers a lot for the first time. So I think no-run first innings in interleague matchups with as very few batter-pitcher historical plays you can play. And at minus 105, it's usually around minus 115. For some reason, it's juiced up to the over today. I don't know why at minus 125. I want the under, uh, basically no runs in the first inning. Would you also then lead towards the under in the total for the game at 9.5? Like yes, it, I would. That feels uh, so, a little high to me. Yeah, I mean, and, and the over's being bad. I, I would lean under there too. I, I, but no-run first inning for sure, and then under 9.5. At minus 105, I had not thought about including that. I know for sure I'll have Pavetta over 5.5 Ks. I'm no run first inning. And like you said, some Xander props um, you can mix in. Uh, Red Sox battling for a wild card. Seattle made a major overnight move uh, yes. in the wild card. They get Luis Castillo. They already got Carlos Santana. They have a very easy schedule in the stretch. They play almost 40 games against some of the worst teams in baseball. I'm already giving Seattle Shime, in my projections, a wild card spot. So it's Rays, Red Sox, Blue Jays. Guardians, White Sox, and I'm forgetting one other team. There's like six teams battling for one spot in the wild card. So the Red Sox are going to have to. If they want it, they're not going to trade Xander, and they're trying to commit to this year. They have to add one or two pieces between now and Tuesday. It would not surprise me if to get those two, one or two pieces, J.D. Martinez gets traded. He, it's more and more sounds like a guy who's re- realizes that he's going to get traded here between now and Tuesday. So if that's the case, right, don't you think the Sox at this point should just be sellers at the deadline? Like it's, I don't. No, no, no. I, really? I don't. I, I think there's a, a world where um, they trade J.D. Martinez, and in return they get a really good uh, – or not, I won't say really good, but an upgraded first base over Bobby Dahlbeck and, and Franchi Cordero, and they protect Devers down the stretch by playing Bobby Dahlbeck at third. He's made a couple good plays over third the last couple nights – they upgraded first base, and Devers ends up being your DH replacement. I think they're going to trade a couple pieces, but also bring major league prospects back. I don't think they're going to trade. But does that make you better right now? Minor, I mean, the way JD's hitting, he stinks right now. Yeah, he stinks out loud, China. True. And watching him in BP this week at Fenway, like he's he's not right. He's not right. And Nate Evaldi might not be right either. So I, I look at what the Rays did last year. The Rays traded a red hot Rich Hill. And then in return, and a separate move, brought in Nelson Cruz. So, yes, they, they did trade a piece, but they added offensively. I think High and Bloom and the Red Sox are going to do that. I would not sell. I would commit to this group right now. Uh, do you and think I would try to keep is, Bogarts here and Devers here long term. Do you think this team is an actual World Series contender? No, but if you asked me the Atlanta Braves last year when they reset their whole uh, outfield of the trade deadline, I would have laughed at you and said they have no shot. So, yeah, but I, I don't think the Red Sox will make that drastic of a change, though, is my big thing. I, I just don't think that's in Heim Bloom's DNA to make that drastic of a change. Um, and, and then on top of that, like, I just – you tell Xander Bogart you're not going to trade him. I'm fine yep. with that, but that also means that there needs to be a long-term contract because if there isn't and he walks at the end of the season, that's just bad business. Like, it's Belichick 101. You get something, at least you. if you get anything for your asset, it's a win because you know you're not going to keep him long-term. If he is not going to sign here long-term, what are we doing? Yeah, I think what they're, what they're doing, and this is maybe not it, – it's not perfect, but I think they're going to do – you mentioned Bill Belichick. I think they're going to let Xander explore the market and ask Xander to come back and give them final right of refusal because in the shortstop market, to be fair – 
Correa is going to opt out in Minnesota. He's going to get more money than Bogarts. Trey Turner is a free agent. He's getting more money than Bogarts. He's a really good shortstop, but financially, he's third in that pecking order. I think the Red Sox would love him to realize that and get him at not maybe not their price, but not the top of the market price. And so I think they're going to so risky, like though. Devin McCoy. I, I, I agree with you, but in that scenario, and this is not business, this is more PR than business, in that scenario, Shime, they can say, look, we try to bring him back. Well, John Henry already did elsewhere. that. He already did that in the Boston Globe. He came right. out and said, You're right. you know, this is a two-way contract or a two-way street. And, yeah. and, you know, he's got to, we're, we're, you know, really trying to get something done. It's just bullshit. Like, it's so, uh, it's, it's infuriating to me because it's just, all they care about is the PR battle. They don't care about keeping, making sure they, they, they better this team for the future. It's like. To me, it, it's either, okay, this contract, A, should have already been done, and yep. B, if it's not going to be done, you need to you need to either commit to it in the offseason or trade the asset and get something back, which seems much more in Bloom's DNA, right? It's to acquire younger talent, to restock that farm system, and then eventually start making bigger moves down the road. Yeah, I, I am willing to rip them pillar to post when and if that happens. I, I just want it to happen first. I think okay. there still is a scenario where Fair. ownership ownership just says, hi, I'm, I know your computer says Andrew's worth this. We want to keep him here long term. Because, I, I, by the way, keeping him here, Shime, helps keep Devers because they are very, very close. Yes, so 100%. I, I, they, they, they know that. They can't say that. They're giving up a little bit of leverage by not trading him. But they are also, I think, going to do right by him. And the reason I say that, and we'll get to some mass sports betting things here in a second, the, look at Xander's comments after that win the other night. He was so happy. He was in such a better mood than he was beginning of the year. He did seem really screwed in his contract. Like he, I think they've communicated to him a much better conversation than what happened beginning of the season. I, I, he was too, well, I mean, even he jumped in with Jemai Webster and it's like, oh, by the way, we're getting guys back. Like, he was so positive after that win against the Guardians. He had that home run. Like, he's he's in a better place. You can't, you can't convince me it's not tied into some conversation they've had with the Red Sox, with the organization about his future with the team. Sure, and to Heim's credit, he even kind of reinforced it on the front office report on the Greg Hill Show Thursday morning when Greg outright asked him, or I think it was Curtis actually, you have not approached Xander about waiving that no trade clause, and he said no. He said absolutely. He said no. They they have not. Um, and uh, and he's like, I wouldn't tell you if we did, but no, we have not. And then Greg also outright asked him, so you have zero intention of trading Devers or Bogarts? And he goes, Correct. We have zero intention. Of yeah, that. basically, I, I I can't see a scenario where that would happen. I mean, that's and I, and by the way, he said it. Um, uh, Sam Kennedy said it on Nesson. And then Jeff Passan, who I, by the way, trust more than either one of those guys. 100%. Jeff Passan's report on the trade deadline said he, that nobody has heard the Red Sox talking about Bogarts. And if there was any sniff of it, Passan would report that. 100% so, he would. So I, I think Bogarts is here uh, for the rest of the year. I think they'll try to do right by him. And when they don't, we will spend an entire podcast ripping them. For doing so, they get the Brewers today. I'll be ready. And uh, you like Bogarts and some props. I like uh, Nick Pavetta over five and a half strikeouts and a no-run first inning. Uh, meanwhile, you reacted this yesterday, Shime. Uh, we, the world's reacting to it. That's the state of Massachusetts uh, yeah. approaching really a 24-hour deadline now tomorrow by end of business, I believe, uh, to get a sports betting bill uh, reconciled by both the House and the Senate and sent to the desk of Governor Baker. Governor Baker has said he will sign any sports betting bill. My guy. Get, my governor, by the way. Gets to his, I mean, okay, full stop. He's had years to really twist the arms of people to get this done. <laughs> yeah, he I'm not really... playing this. Okay, no, I'll, now I'll swear. It's bullshit now. If he's, 
if he's going to cry like, oh, I didn't get this done, he's had four years since 2018 to try to really use the leverage that he has as governor to get this done. Yeah. He's not wanted, He's not done it because he hates you know, creating you know, friction amongst us. You're right. Sununu, our governor. Sununu's my <laughs> governor. And the Rhode Island governor and the Connecticut governor, all the legal sports <laughs> The New York states. governor. Yeah, not him. Not yeah, him. not him. Oh, does it hurt? I don't even know. Um, so t- between now and tomorrow, they're, 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 here's what I know this morning. They are negotiating, but there's there is still some some unwillingness by people involved to really budge on certain issues, and it's giving off the vibes that some people just don't want to get it done. I don't think it's yeah. everybody involved. I don't think it's necessarily like a, a like a roadblock they can't get past. It also feels more like like a Senate thing, right? Like they like the house the house's bill was. Free and easy, let's go, let's get this done. And the Senate has all these restrictions. A lot of restrictions. Like, what are we doing? And, like, I know those are the big issues, right? It's advertising, it's college sports, it's, it's, it's stuff ta- like that. Well, like, it's also the tax rate because yeah. they, they, the, the House wants a tax rate that makes it, um, makes it uh, good for these different sports books. They also want unlimited mobile skins where the Senate wants to put a cap on how many, which makes. No sense, and that's the that's the battle like, right now. Even if, and the, even if they ahead. did that, like right, it's two mobile skins. Say it is, and you just get DraftKings and FanDuel in here, and it, you just call it a day. Like fine, whatever. Like I think those are the things that they should be able to uh, just accommodate or like come to some kind of agreement relatively easily. Yeah. So what if it comes out that they're going to do it without for with no no college betting whatsoever? I don't really. I, so to personally, you I'm fine care. with it. I'm yeah. fine with it because I don't. I don't. I don't bet on a lot of college sports as it is. Like I just, I'll bet on a college football game every once in a while, and it's really only like the national championship and bowl games. I don't. I'm not. I'm just not a huge college better. I know for a lot of other people though, it would be like tragic. It'd be like, well, what's what's the point? I understand that, but for me, I don't really care. I want to be able to bet on NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB. Like that's what I want. I don't. I don't care about anything else. I want those four things. Give it to me and golf. Let me live bet those five things. Let me bet it from my couch, and we're good. We'll call it a day. I don't really care. I know. It's funny. We're, I was talking to my BetQL weekend partner, Jack Fritz, and just how jealous I am because he's talking about live betting uh, and hedging oh. off these different bets he made during one of the I Subway Series I loved it so games. much when I was in Connecticut. I'm oh. like, I, I can't even do I, – I, I place the bet. I drive home, and I can't – unless I stay in New Hampshire at a restaurant, I can't then live bet, bet or hedge out of a position, which it is was, just – It's It's brutal. not – it's like it's like you're half betting. You're not fully betting. So but I I got to tell you, when I was at the FanDuel Sportsbook, proud sponsor of the Mud at Night program, oh, uh, down in Connecticut, I was sitting there in the sportsbook, staring at all those giant TV oh, screens. How great is that place? Have, I had a drink in my hand. I was live betting Mets baseball. I hit on both my bets. Like it was, I, it was, it was the best. I walked right up to the counter, cashed my ninety dollars in tickets, and I was like, "This is great. I'm walking away a winner. This is wonderful." Like it's it's the greatest thing ever. I just want to be able to live bet sports. Give that to me, please, God. That's all I want. Yeah, I guess for me, I'm with you. So I just want it, and it, 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 admittedly, like I'm invested in it. Like it certainly helps us in the station if we get you know legal sports betting. So I'm okay with it not having college sports. I think it should have college sports. I will mock them. Uh, I, I will still bet, but I will mock them if they pass without college sports, given that people are still going to drive. The bookies will stay in business because of that, and people will still drive out of state to make those bets, and it's millions of dollars uh, in taxes they won't get. But for me, my biggest thing, Shime, is that I, I – and I love New Hampshire, but if you're in New Hampshire betting all the time, you got one option. And I yeah. think that, the, the, for me, you can't the more – I want as many options possible because the sports books will then – 
give you awesome sign-up bonuses. You can shop different lines. Like for for us as betters, for our listeners, the best things is like unlimited options to go bet because that's better for the consumer. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. Well, yeah, because we uh, we can get better numbers, we can get better promotions, we can get all of those things. We can kind of shop around. You know, we we've seen the difference in lines sometimes, uh, especially like Fryer and I talked about it just the other day when you're looking at like if you are really uh, bullish on this Celtics team right now on their their win total wasn't even on DraftKings, but if you go over to FanDuel, it was fifty six and a half. So it's like, you know, if you're under. really confident, you bet. Under. That's what we were saying. Under. It's like you bet the under there. And, and and then if DraftKings comes back and it, all of a sudden it's 51 and a half because their highest is only 52 and a half right now anyways, and they don't want to go, they don't want to put the Celtics that high, you could even try and middle that. Like it's, like there's, it, it, having multiple books, I 100% agree with you, is more ideal. But at this point, personally, for me, just to be able to actually bet would be wonderful. That's what I want. I want to be able to sit on my couch watching an event and be able to live bet it without without issue. So uh, I know the negotiations is a Saturday morning. Uh, I'll update whatever I can on Twitter, and if we can get together tomorrow, uh, Shima, I'll give you any updates I have then. Yeah. Um, basically, they're negotiating. Some the the how do I say? I'm, I, it's, I'm, I'm trying to not get people in trouble. Uh, I'll just say there are people that believe there's some grandstanding on the Senate side, Shime. Some people pretending they want to get it done and yelling like they want to get it done, but behind closed doors. And by the way, all this stuff is behind closed doors. They're doing this all in committee. None of it's public, which is another bullcrap part of this, that we're not seeing and hearing what's going on here. We're not going to know until after the fact who wanted what, where, why. And I think it's to protect people with an election coming up. They know um, that if they find out, if people find out, hey, this was person was staunchly against it, they'll have a hard time uh, reconciling that in the ballot box in November. So there are negotiations. I don't think there's been a lot of progress on main issues. I don't know if the House is willing to concede on the the sports betting side. I know the advertising thing is really, really an issue right now because the Senate's saying no advertising in and around games, and the people on the House side are like, well, how do you expect these That's people? That's so dumb. So, so they're negotiating. Um, they're trying to get something done. I am still, it's still no better than a coin flip. And I think if it does get done, there's a chance it gets done without any college betting. And certainly, there'll be no mass betting. I mean, you can't bet on UMass. You can't bet on yeah. uh, Games of State, which, again, I've, I don't think I've ever bet on. I probably bet on a UMass game. That's not true. Um, it would annoy me as a UConn fan if I couldn't bet UConn, but I could still bet them if there's college sports. So, negotiations ongoing. Um, don't believe all the hype about the hopeful thing. I think that's people that are trying to, get, you know, uh, is it is it gaslight? Is gaslight, that, uh, yes. Uh, some of that going on right now, but they are still negotiating. They haven't. They, no one's walking away from from deals right now, which is a good thing because they have to get a deal done by tomorrow, or it goes away till next year. Oh God, please! So, uh, like I, I don't ask for much, right? I just I just endured a, a hell of an illness. All I want, all I want in the month of August and for the start of the NFL season is to be able to live bet in the state of Massachusetts, please. So it's got to get done tomorrow. Uh, any updates I get today are on Twitter. We'll do another one tomorrow morning here, Sean, to let the people know what's going on. Anything else on your end after not talking for a couple weeks? No, that that just about does it. We got a nice long podcast today, and uh, I'm excited to get back together tomorrow and get right back into the swing of things with you. I don't even know. I did you did you get hit with the COVID? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I uh, I was I was down and out for like uh, six days. So how'd you get it? Do you know? Uh, <laughs> Oh. Uh, yeah, I have an idea, but uh, not 100% sure of the source, <laughs> no, but I, no, I have an idea. No comment. Okay, it's a no comment. Yeah, okay, yeah. There we go. 
Uh, all right. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, thank you for hanging around. We uh, thank you, Shine, for holding the fort down with our buddy Nick Fryer during vacation and illness. Subscribe to the podcast feed, iTunes, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. You may have gotten a note to download the new Odyssey app. I've not done that yet, Shine, but I'm told we can find the podcast very simply there as well. Yes, we can. Um, and follow us on BetQL Boston there on social media. Uh, I, I, have, I have nothing in golf, uh, Shine. Maybe I'll have something tomorrow uh, heading into the final round of the <laughs> Uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic, baby. Woo! <laughs> We're Tony Finau once again. Trying to win back-to-back. All right, Chime, enjoy your Saturday, buddy. We'll talk tomorrow morning. All right, Mike. Can't wait. See you then.